Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. Thank you for listening. Today, you are going to get a real treat. We have a great conversation with a young man named Brandon, who was a competitive gymnast in high school and a recent college graduate. Brandon is genuine, honest, and vulnerable as he talks about key milestones in his life. I'm impressed with Brandon's maturity and his willingness to talk openly about coming out to his friends and family. There's a lot we can all learn from Brandon. We hope you enjoy this episode. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're a good friend of Missy's. Um, Missy lately has been quite the um, funnel for our podcast <laughs> guest. <laughs> Got quite a few uh, connections with Missy, but I love your story, or at least what I know of it, and yeah. I'm hoping to learn more about you today as yeah, we course. talk. Uh, you're a recent graduate from James Madison. I am, yeah. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your background and what led you to JMU and, and sort of life after. Um, I also know that you, um, gymnastics has been a huge part mm-hmm. of your life and, um, you know, growing up that was a huge influence and um, something that you did a lot of, right? Yeah. So I'd love to maybe just start there, talk a little bit about uh, what what that's been like for you and how that's influenced your life yeah. and your choices. Yeah, of course. So gymnastics and my college choice kind of are intertwined. Okay. Um, so long story short, I always knew that gymnastics had a special place and a special connection to me. Um, everyone in my family always did baseball, or they did you know other type of sports, but no one in my family did gymnastics. Um, I realized I loved gymnastics. I realized it connected with me. I loved that feeling of you know throwing myself through the air, but like not knowing where I would land, and then somehow knowing how to find my landing. Um, that just kind of like kept bringing me back and back to gymnastics. Um, but that's kind of how it was in my whole entire life, my you know high school career, college career. Um, it was something that if I didn't know what to do for it, I would find a way to make it work. Um, I would find it towards you know trying, and then if I would mess up, I would you know ask around and figure out what to do. So I was with that with gymnastics and college. Um, but the reason I went to you know the college that I went to is so many reasons. Well, one, I knew they had a gymnastics club team, and I didn't want to do gymnastics professionally. I didn't want to do you know that very intense type of gymnastics. I kind of just wanted to do it because it made me happy. Um, And that's the same thing about my school choice. I went there because I knew they had a club team and um, my mom is actually an alumni from James Madison too. And so it's kind of been in the family the whole entire um, time Mm -hmm. I've been here. And then um, gymnastics has been in my life for the past 14, 15 years. Um, And so both of those experiences have kind of meshed together in how I learn how to do certain things every now and then is based off of gymnastics. Gymnastics teaches you, you know, discipline and um, motivation and, you know, anything that you can think of, it kind of teaches yeah. you. It teaches you how to move your body in ways you don't think, but it also teaches you how to make your mind think of a certain way. And so the impact of gymnastics and the impact of, like, how they impacted my school and how they impacted me afterwards is it gave me the biggest forefront and, um, like body of like ground that I could stand on mm-hmm. to know that 
I can use that and take that with me elsewhere. How early did you, like, when did you start, and how were you exposed to it? I was started around when I was eight years old, um, and then I was exposed to it. Honestly, funny story, I was in a baseball game, um, and I was actually doing cartwheels in the outfield. <laughs> um, and so my family was like, it's time to put him in gymnastics. Yeah. When in gymnastics, that's when I met my coach that milked me in the casino, um, mm-hmm. and met him, had a few practices, and realized, Mom and Dad, I want to come back kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and just fell in love with it within the first couple of weeks of doing it. Were you a pretty good athlete as a kid? Like, did like uh, did you play other sports growing I mean, I know eight is pr- still pretty yeah. young, but, like, were so, you... Yes and no. I was. I, am I the most outstanding athlete? No. But did I do sports? I did soccer. I did baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did... My parents put me in golf uh, lessons and stuff, so I was versatile. Exposed. I was exposed yeah. to it. I wasn't great at any of them per se, um, but I know how to play them. I knew what they taught me, and I knew how to, like, transition that and realize once I connected with gymnastics, I was yeah. like, this is where I was supposed to be the entire time. And do time. you have siblings? I have one older brother, yeah, okay. and he played baseball. Okay, yeah. and pretty into sports. And how yep. many years apart are you? We're 14 months apart. Oh, so that's pretty yeah. close. Mm-hmm. And do you have, like, I mean, now it may be different, but at that time, like, did you, you have sibling rival, rivalry, or did you ever feel like you had to compete with kind of his shadow or anything like that no not really since we're very similar in certain things but we're also very different in a lot of things Mm -hmm. he's you know very into sports very into you know um doing this like you know skateboarding and basketball and like that type of stuff and just like playing football typical yeah Yeah. exactly typical guy stuff that you would (laughs) normally like go about and just you know play with your friends i was never like that i would play with him i would kind of be in his shadow Mm -hmm. in a way like i would just you know my like go with him and just you know stay busy with him play games like that's how i know his friends that's how like i kind of grew up to a custom that i realized i didn't like those sports Mm -hmm. and how i wanted to go away from it so he was always kind of like that but we never really had a rival we never really had a you know i'm gonna beat you at this you're gonna beat me at that let's like keep going until like we see who can like beat each other it was more so just I just really learned from him. Mm-hmm. I learned what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do, and I learned that he was into those type of sports and I wasn't. Right. So never really a rivalry, but more so just kind of a lesson learned. Yeah. And so in terms of um, when I think about gymnastics, and I don't know a lot about it, and I ask Missy questions about it all the time, but mm-hmm. um, it seems like one of those sports where, like, the mental toughness and being able to – it's, I mean, it's just you, right? Mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> it's like yeah. you don't have anyone else to uh, work with. Or to, I mean, you're a team, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of individual activities, right, exactly. that make up the sum. So how did you um, build that mental toughness? Or, or is that something that came easy to you? Or, or I think that concept, I mean, I'm sure you fail a lot, right, yeah. in gymnastics yeah, before you, you get it right. So just tell me, like walk me through that a little bit in terms of how you developed that and what that was like. So mental toughness definitely is not one of my strong suits. Um, in any aspect of life but gymnastics has taught me how to be more mentally tough Mm. if that makes sense Um, because you do fail a lot in gymnastics there's a lot of falling a lot of you know times where you don't think that you can do it or you know me and Missy joke about it a lot of the times where like our you know you'll forget a skill or your body just kind of forgets how to do something and you have to force your brain to realize that you didn't it's just your brain working against you you kind of just have to realize I've done it before I can do it again so it's that type of stuff that through that whole entire process I've learned how to like accumulate the mental toughness by, you know, falling or by like if I don't know how to do a skill and I just keep trying and trying at it, it gets frustrating. Sometimes you feel like you can't do it, but you kind of have to, you know, either whether it be go home, sleep on it, come come back again and try mm-hmm. the next day. 
that's what it would take. And so that's what it would mean to me was that when I would get something done and I would get it done well, I would learn how to do that and apply it to other things. But when I couldn't get something, I would still try to figure out how I can use that to my advantage and use it to the point where it wouldn't frustrate me as much, but more so it would encourage me. Mm-hmm. So I would change that, you know, kind of frustration into what can I do differently tomorrow morning when I come into practice and how can I use that to better set my mind and force myself to say, I can throw myself in the air real quick. I can I can do it. I can, you know, throw myself over um, that vault table and have no issue with it. So it's, it's kind of a learning curve the more that you do and it's a continual thing because you're always learning new skills always learning new things and so it's kind of in a, um, a a process but it's also you have that process you build on it and then you get another process that you have to also learn but still keep your previous mm-hmm. um, education education if you will right, right. with you so that you can keep and getting fear, higher and like higher. isn't fear a component like mm-hmm. you're the all the heights the it heights sure aspect right yeah, like and I, I, that's why I, yeah, so no, it cool. is. You're right. Can't even do a cartwheel. Missy says she's supposed to <laughs> teach me. <laughs> yeah. But never, I mean, even that, like this fear that like you're, it's a control thing, I think, maybe mm-hmm. for a lot of people that yep. like you have to really let go, I yep. think, in that sport and mm-hmm. have faith in the skills that you've learned. So yep. was that, like, and it sounds too, like the fact that you couldn't do that almost seemed like a driver for you, like you wanted to tackle it, like exactly. to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. And so... When I couldn't get it, it would be frustrating, but you just had to learn how to return that frustration into power to do it better the next day. Even if you get a little bit better the next day or do something and think a little bit differently, it'll help in the long run. But, um, I mean, fear is a huge factor of it. And me, I'm actually very fearful. Like, I'm very, you know, regardless of if I'm driving a car, doing gymnastics, taking a test, going to school, or just even trying to find a place to park, like, I'm very fearful of certain things. Um, I'm a very anxious person when it mm-hmm. comes to certain things. And so, you know, it, by saying that, it may seem like, oh, well, how do you even do right. gymnastics? Because yeah, you that's are what fearful. I'm that's, yeah, exactly. So that's another reason why, like, I didn't want to do intense gymnastics in college. I had done that for so long, and I had personally tried to, like, you know, realize in myself, like, do I want to do that or do I just want to do it because I love it? And so at, at that point, I had, cut, like, realized what I was fearful of, realized how to understand that and accept it Mm -hmm. and so like there's certain events that I didn't compete in college because I was fearful of them Mm. and um obviously other reasons too like you know body changes you know things change things things hurt when you get older yeah um and so I didn't do three events out of the six that I originally had competed for the past you know 12 years Mm -hmm. I had competed all around since I was eight years old to um the time I went to college and so I just stopped doing it because I was fearful of it and I didn't want to do it in college. I didn't want fear to continue with me in my gymnastics career, but like needless to say, it still continued because it continued on the other events that I did Mm -hmm. because I would still learn other stuff on those events and realize how now the fear wasn't how do I do that skill? It was how do I do that skill with my new body that I have? Because I was getting older and I was realizing that my body can't necessarily do what I did when I was, you know, 10 years old. Like Mm -hmm. you can throw yourself in the air or move yourself around exactly exactly yeah Yeah. and you're you know a kid will not realize it and get right back up and just go try it again yeah but in college you kind of you do something and you're like oh man like that was kind of scary like how do I not do that again or you just kind of I don't I don't want to say avoid it but Mm -hmm. like there were a lot of times where I would avoid it for like a week to get that anxious anxiety down and then try it again 
whereas I wouldn't normally do that in high school. I would normally kind of force myself and I would have to because we would have practice so often I would have to force myself to do it you know the next day and then try myself even the next day and the next day so there were tough weeks and there were easier weeks but kind of just depends so maybe talk about let's talk about high school for a little bit so in terms of your experience was that very much like your identity like you were part of that team and I mean I think with gymnastics the training I I Mm -hmm. don't like it's intense right so tell me a little bit about like your experience both socially academically and then you know is that just the focal point given maybe you didn't know yeah until you decided to leave that maybe you weren't going to continue and try to compete right. so so in high school like socially I had a majority of my friends were um, from the gymnastics team that's okay. how I knew all of my guy friends that's mm-hmm. how I knew you know that they were also doing the same thing and that made me comfortable knowing that other people were also doing gymnastics and it made me realize that I can you know, base my, you know, life kind of around what they're doing in a way and learn from them in the same way that they probably could learn from me. Um, so socially, I had a lot of friends at the gym. I had a good, decent amount of friends in high school also, but it wasn't, I was never like a, I have 50 friends here, 50 mm-hmm. friends over there. I was, I was never the type of person who walked into a classroom and was like, I know you and I know you and I know you. I was like, I maybe think I know that one person over there. Mm-hmm. But then I would make friends. I would, you know, figure out a way to make friends. I would talk to that one person and then they would talk to somebody else and then it would it would become a thing. But I was never one who, a lot of, I felt, I felt like personally a lot of other people had known everybody else in their classes. Mm-hmm. They had known 10 people in that class and then I would kind of be like an outsider. But like, it wasn't that I was an outsider. It was just, I was very selective with who my friends were. I was very selective with the ones who would support me and know that like what I was doing was, you know, they thought was cool or they thought was like doing gymnastics, like not everyone thinks it's cool. Not everyone thinks it's a guy, right? As a guy, not everyone thinks it's cool. Right. And so that's another reason why my friend group kind of went smaller in high school. But then when I went to the gym, everything felt like home because everybody was into it. it. Everyone, you, you walk into the gym and judgment's gone. Like everything is gone except like, you're there and you're with your family like they become your family um and so school was never i liked high school but would i go back and do it no i would (laughs) never go back and do high school ever again um are you a shy person like are you shy or are you extroverted like i'm definitely not an extrovert but i'm also not necessarily shy either i'm more so i need that first interaction to go first and then I'll be an extrovert, if that kind of makes sense. So I'm not originally like the you initial. You have to have a little connection. Uh-huh. And then once you have a connection, then you're then more, more comfortable. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure I don't remember when, when I met Missy, but like that probably wasn't the most energetic first initial mm-hmm. meeting that we had. But like then I met her the second time and I was like probably a little bit a little bit more energetic and I was a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more comfortable. Then when we started coaching together, I literally can tell her anything now. Right. So it's kind of like, a, but other people, you know, that I've known, they're so good at just talking to people, so good at just like, you know, sitting in a conversation and no one's talking, being able to say something and start a conversation. I was never like that. Right. It wasn't because I was shy. It was more so just like, what do I say that won't be, you know, misconstrued a certain way of me trying too hard or me right. trying to like force a conversation when like there shouldn't be one, you know? So it wasn't not a shy person, but also not an extrovert. I'm kind of, I have to see how the situation goes, learn from it, and then I'm comfortable the next time. Did you, how are academics for you? Did that come easy to you? Were you a good student? How, like, how did that factor in? Because, and maybe also talk to you, what was your training schedule like? And was yeah. it year round? Like, how many yeah. hours are we talking in terms of that? So, hour wise for practice. So, I would go to school from, you know, whatever it is, yeah. 7 30 to 2 or whatever, come home for an hour, 
try to do some homework or if it, even if it was like the smallest thing um eat a quick lunch either my mom or dad would make something for me or we'd have leftovers run to practice real quick and i would have practice that night for four and a half hours wow and it would be you know sometimes it would be excuse me i can't remember the exact schedule but sometimes it was you know monday um tuesday thursday friday or it was monday wednesday um friday saturday um, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So it just depended on the time of the year, but it was always year round minus a few like summer, two weeks, summer breaks, um, before and after school started. But, um, it was a busy schedule. It was a thing I got used to, but it was a thing I liked doing because I knew that I was, after I ended school, I could go to that other family right. and like, be comfortable with them. Right. Yeah. So. And being around people that are like you or have similar interests mm -hmm. and goals, right? So one of the things that came up on a previous conversation and um, is just kind of who you choose to spend your time with during that, yeah. during that period, and like how, like you said, you're selective. Mm -hmm. So picking people that you know are supportive, or picking people that you know are maybe going to drive you to be better than you are, right. or you know, I was someone I was not a very good student. I had potential, but there was a lot in my familial situation that was distracting. Right. Mm -hmm. But I surrounded myself with really smart people because exactly. I think I was like, I know I could be one of these people. <laughs> so maybe through yeah. like just th watching them behaviors, yeah. like being associated, it'll like rub off. And, you know, so I knew there exactly. was like a connection. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think people don't always realize that it's a conscious choice that you make. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure now for people to get drawn into other things and so mm -hmm. what about like the party scene or yeah. like alcohol and drugs because yeah. you're an athlete and I think mm -hmm. athletes it's interesting I think athletes sometimes have a better constitution because they want their body to perform a certain way exactly yeah at the same time this seems to be like a partying mm -hmm. <laughs> vibe associated with athletes like when you're yeah. maybe not in season or like those mm -hmm. are typically you know better looking people that are like hanging out you know so yeah. what was that like for you I was never a partier really in high school. Yeah. Um, I was more so a person who would hang out with their friends and do like a game night or a movie mm -hmm. night or go to the movies or go to the mall and then, you know, go to a carnival at like I was more of that type of scene. Um, and that was by choice. It was more so I was too busy and I didn't really want to go to that party scene at first. Mm -hmm. I was more so let me hang out with my friends and do something that is more activity based, more we're all doing something or you know like bowling like everyone's right. doing something everyone's still a team environment and you mm -hmm. can tell that everyone is there because they want to be there that was kind of more of the scene that i was in um and like there was just no like no time to go to parties no times right. to like not that i feel like i didn't feel like i missed out on anything because i partied when i went to college so it was more so a you know high school was my time to realize how i would meet my friends and who my friends would be mm -hmm. and how I can select those in the future and like you know how those natural friendships come about or those right. natural connections come about because like those are the best friendships that I've encountered which are the ones that are natural the ones that you meet somebody on you know in the grocery store and then you see them a week later someplace else and you're like oh I like and then it's just like it's like a natural thing progression um, and so that's kind of how I was never party or never really had time um, never really wanted to I was more so I'd rather hang out with my family hang out with my friends and do activity based things that we all would enjoy and then i'm sorry i think we skipped over academics for you how, yeah. how was that like were yeah. you a hard worker when it came to studying yeah yeah definitely was a hard worker when it came to studying i think i did it too much because mm -hmm. right now like i do have generalized anxiety disorder and i think that stemmed a lot from high school and middle school and how schooling never really like i mean like your question earlier i never 
school was never really easy for me mm-hmm. in regards to the academic scene. Some classes were, other classes were tremendously hard for me, but for no reason. It was more so just I couldn't connect to it. I couldn't understand why I was learning it. And so I had to force myself extra. I would sit down with my parents at the dinner table, you know, after practice, because practice would end at 8.30, 8.45. I would drive home and be like, hey, mom and dad, can you help me with this homework assignment? But like, can you look at it before I get home so you guys are familiar with it? Sit there until 10.30, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And like, I would feel better about it. But like, sometimes I just don't connect to certain things. So academic wise, I was always driven to be a good academic student. Never like really failed, never failed any classes. Mm-hmm. I would always get good grades. But it wasn't easy for me. It was I had to put in, you know, what some people would like. My brother, he was able to study an hour, two hours, and ace a test. I studied twelve and get maybe like a C. Right. So that's kind of how it was. But it wasn't that I didn't try. It was just more so I didn't know how to connect to it and know how to take that studying onto a test. What motivated you to try so hard and not give up? I think it's just kind of the exposure that I've had to my mom and my dad and my family my whole entire family has been motivated in everything that they do but specifically my mom and dad because I live with them or lived with them that they they were the ones who I looked up to and obviously my brother too um but because I am the youngest out of the like in my my uh, family the family of four so I think by having everybody else older than me I saw how they completed tasks I saw how they motivated themselves to get things done whether it be work you know, my dad was also a baseball coach, and he coached me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to see it from a young age. And even with gymnastics, too, my parents were so supportive with, you know, you have to keep trying. You have to keep trying, even if you fall. Like, you know, they, we would get in the car, and they would say, you know, oh, I saw you fall on that. Like, my, my dad, he would help me do back handstrings in the living room. He, we bought a mat, and he literally would help me do back handstrings when I couldn't get a back handstring by myself. I couldn't. It was all mental. Um, and so I think having the support of my family and my friends was the one who really helped me excel. And that support, so I'm interested in that a little bit, like that support, not pressure, to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. the fact that he was at home and he's helping, like, did, was, I mean, and I think you mentioned it, but I just want to make sure, like, in terms of your drive to go to the gym and to compete and to be in that sport, that's your motivation, mm-hmm. not necessarily theirs, and no, they were yeah. there more yeah. to, and, mm-hmm. like, did you ever, like, there's not any resentment or anything no. like that. It was all very... Yeah, my yeah. parents were... And you guys were close? Like, yeah, me and my parents, yeah. yeah, we're all very close. The four of us are very close. Everyone, the whole entire family's close. Yeah. Um, grandparents, everything. But my parents were so great in the fact that they never, ever... Like, they never pressured me to do anything. They never um, said, you know, you have to go to practice. You have to do that. They were... Uh, I was even talking to Missy about it earlier. They were more so... Once I got to in high school too, they realized what I was. They, they saw what I was viewing as important, mm-hmm. and they you know they if that break wasn't long enough, that two week break wasn't long enough, my parents would say, okay, take an extra week off. Mm. They would let me take that week off if I really needed it, or if I really you know didn't want to miss out on going to a beach trip with my friend. They would say, go to it. Like you you can go to that beach trip even if you miss practice. It's fine. Like that's not. They helped me realize that while gymnastics was my forefront, it wasn't my entire life, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the way that. I learned how to do certain things is through learning how my parents were always supportive of me. They were always supportive of like what I was doing. Always, you know, they would give me their input on it, but it, oh, in the end, they always let it be my choice. And then, as far as like the anxiety and stress and nervousness, did you ever go into therapy for that? Were you mm-hmm. ever like, what were some of the things that you found? Because I think there's a high probability that a lot of people listening to this have a fair amount of anxiety i think it's it's almost like so common now i think the stress of living in 
a very populated area like this, you know, mm-hmm. in Northern Virginia and D.C., it's just like you hear everybody's like stressed out, right, or yeah. very anxiety, or has these generalized, you know. So, what are some of the things that you learned, and and like if you did go to therapy, when and how did you okay. get to that decision? So, I actually went to therapy twice in college, um, for multiple reasons. The first initial one was I actually had. A huge panic attack my freshman year of college mm. um, probably like second semester of college I had a huge panic attack um, over work over life over just kind of like school in general right. um, and everything that was happening um, my friends actually rushed me to the hospital um, because did you not know what was happening didn't know what was happening yeah. um, my heart rate was 160 mm-hmm. um, and then I, well, I went to eat the urgent care first and they're like we don't know what to do we're, we're sorry like you have to go to the hospital I went to the hospital they did all these tests on That's me. That's helpful. I know, yeah. They, I went to um, the hospital, and they just told me, they are like, you just had a severe anxiety attack. And so after that, like hearing that from somebody, I was like, there's no way. I was like, I know I'm anxious, but I was like, there's no way that I like had an anxiety attack. I was like, that would not happen to me. Um, and they were like, you feel like you have a heart attack. Your body numbs, like your face numbs, your fingers, mm-hmm. like everything starts to numb, and then you're like, you feel like you can't catch your breath. And I was like, maybe that is, that is what happened. <laughs> right. um, and so that kind of taught me, like, I just need to not look at things so seriously sometimes. And that's what I was doing my freshman year of college. I was looking at everything that I had to get this perfect, I had to get that perfect 100. And I was like, I don't have to do that. Right. I was more so like, I just had to do what I'm happy with, but like for myself. After I learned that, I learned that I could do whatever I wanted to in college. Not to say that the anxiety went away, because it didn't. Um, I still have it now, like with my new, with my job, I still have it. But um, my choice to go to therapy was because I realized that I couldn't do it by myself I couldn't realize right. what because none of my friends were really anxious none of my friends were really as anxious as I was or they never let it get that bad and so I didn't really I would I, they would support me and they would help me through my ang- anxious you know times but um, I needed people who were also going through it and so that was my first initial reaction to go to therapy um, my second re- like like mm-hmm. time I went to therapy was kind of just stress about life mm-hmm. stress about like school I think I was junior in college um, stress about school stress about relationships um you know, distance with me and my fiance. Like we wanted, I wanted to make that work as best as possible. So that was kind of, it was still my anxious time that I went to therapy the second time, but it was more so life-based, not necessarily school-based where this mm-hmm. first time was school-based. Did you ever have panic attacks in high school? No, never. And never like competing, like mm-hmm. when you're in, like, cause those are some pretty high pressure yeah. moments, right? Where you're yeah. in front of a ton mm-hmm. of people and you have to perform yeah. and mm-hmm. so never. Like, I never had a severe anxiety attack when I would perform, you know, mm-hmm. like in high school or when I would do gymnastics and stuff, would I, I would get stressed and like I kind of, my me and my parents joke about it now, but before I meet, I would just stop talking to everybody because I needed my time to like realize like I can do it, I'm fine. I'm just pre, pre-game, pre, pre-match. Ex- exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, my parents, you know, we had that like connection to realize that, you know, just let him be, he'll be fine for 30 minutes and then second he gets that one event that he hates over, yeah. I was fine the whole rest of the meet. It's kind of impressive that you forced yourself in that during that time mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable and do things that yeah. you were afraid of. Like mm-hmm. I think um, I have a lot of conversations with my kids who you know are still quite young, but that th- this idea of like putting yourself in really uncomfortable situations, like discomfort, is actually a great teacher, mm-hmm. and you can learn a lot. And through persevering through those then you know you can it's like that idea of like once you've done it you can repeat it and I think the fact that you did that over and over and over again 
uh, I don't even think you probably know yet, like how much that will serve you in yeah. your life in terms of resilience and being yeah. able to kind of bounce back when things mm-hmm. don't go quite yeah. right. No, you're right. I mean, even you just saying that in general, um, I haven't really even realized that, you know, that's what I put myself through in high school. That's what I put my, like yeah. gymnastics. I like, I still think about it now. And I think I'm still kind of in that post-graduation from college, post like excitement type of phase, Um, you know, moving out, moving into an apartment, getting married, like starting a new job. All of this stuff is like very, very exciting. So I don't think I've had a chance to realize, you know, what gymnastics or what anything else that I've learned in high school has kind of transpired to help me today. So even you just saying that too, just makes me think like the stuff that I'm going to realize in the future, be like, oh yeah, that's what that was teaching me in high school. Mm -hmm. Like that's what this was connecting to. So did you have a lot of relationships? Like, did you date in high school, or was it really focused more on the sport and yeah. and academics? It seems like so, you were pretty dialed in on that. It was mostly academics and you know gymnastics and sports and just right. hanging out with friends and stuff. I had a few relationships in um, uh, middle school and high school, but never never anything really too serious. Um, I didn't really start dating. I actually honestly haven't been in many relationships in general mm-hmm. just because I'm kind of, you know, I'm always at the gym or I'm always just trying, I was always trying to focus on myself that I didn't really necessarily need or want mm-hmm. to have somebody else to. I was more so just let me be happy by myself. Um, it wasn't until college that I started to, you know, date and started to realize what I actually really wanted in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dated one person in high school, I mean, um, in college, and then I met my fiance. So it was more so I dated that person, realized wasn't what I wanted, um, wasn't what I wasn't who I was, and then I met my fiance, and it was that was it from that time on. So. And when did you meet your fiance? Freshman year of college. Okay, so yeah. that's pretty early yeah. to mm-hmm. like not have a lot of other experiences dating, yeah. and then mm-hmm. kind of find that person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, what was it that helped you recognize that that person was the right one for you? I think. Because he was the first guy that I had dated. He was the first guy that I had had a connection with. Every other person who I dated was a female. Every person was, you know, middle school, high school, that was all a female. Um, Not that it wasn't a good relationship. It was Mm -hmm. more so just he gave me something that I hadn't found in somebody else. And so realizing that first, it took me a while to get to that understanding. It took me about two years to get to understand who he was in my life and Mm -hmm. how he was impacting my life. But he's actually the one who truly helped me. Um, he sort of helped you figure some mm-hmm. things out. So yeah. to talk me through that a little bit, just because that's probably a little bit scary too, right? Yeah, to maybe de- definitely. find that, you know, you're yeah. interested in men and not yeah. just women. or Yeah, know. definitely. So I think it was a gradual process. He had known who he was. He had known what he liked for a while. Um, and he is two years older than me, so he had kind of had the exposure to college, the exposure to high school, everything kind of quicker than I did. Um, but I think the realization for me was I realized how he did it and how he realized who he was and how that all transpired, and it motivated me. And I was like, there's a reason why that motivated me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my original connection. And I was like, why do I connect to him so well? And why am I understanding everything that he has told me about his past? Why am I connecting to it so well? That was kind of the original trend, like, you know, situation where I was were like... Were you friends first? Yep, we were, fr- we were, were friends for like friends two years. were you friends when you dated women? No. Or like, no, no, okay. Well, yes, in college. In college we were, because I dated a female my freshman year of college, but it wasn't like a serious She's, relationship. Yeah. It was, but me and him were friends at that point. Okay. So he knew her, he, we were, like, he knew of her, knew the situation that was going on. I would talk to him about it mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And um, 
he was never pushy. He was never like, are you sure this is what you want? He kind of just let me figure it out on my own. But he was always there when I needed him. So mm-hmm. it was kind of more of a, because he was always there and because we were like, that's why we have such a strong relationship now is that we were best friends before we even started dating. Right. So we knew everything about each other for the most part. Like, you know, the bulk majority of stuff, we right. knew all of that stuff. Obviously, I'm still learning stuff about him every single day. But right. it's more so because we were best friends that taught us how to have that foundation it taught us how to have arguments and like realize how to get through them and how mm-hmm. to like you know why are we even fighting in the first place and then how that like you know helped me in the future realize who i really wanted were you afraid of those feelings at all like was there any type of like um i mean hopefully today uh, at this you know 2019 or 2018 we're a little bit more um in a better place like from a societal perspective but just i can imagine still it's not the average it's not the norm so there's a point in which you recognize like i'm different or this is Mm going to be different and i may be treated differently because of this did any of that come into your thought process yeah 100 percent. i think that's why it took me so long to actually tell somebody in the first place that's why it took so long for me to actually realize that like I wanted to be with him and not other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was scared of, like, I'm also, like, I come from a re- like religious family, um, so that made it harder, too. Yeah. Um, didn't know. I knew my parents' beliefs on it, and I was scared to tell them. Yeah. They're great now. They're amazing now. But initially, that was one scared factor that I had, and I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, and so I was scared about everything. I was scared about life in general because I've seen how things, how people treat other people, and I think right. it sucks, and I think it shouldn't be that way, but, like, sometimes people are. And so that was another factor. Um, my anxiety was just another factor. I would beat myself up about it over and over again. Um, kind of realize I'm like, is this really who I am? Is this really what I want? Um, and then I realized I just had to give in, just like, let it go. In terms of beating yourself up, is that because like you're different? Like, what, like tell me, like is that is that like you're? Is it a shameful thing? Like at first, I, I not. A, it wasn't a shameful thing. It was more so because of my background and because right. of no one in my family is gay or and no one is part of that community that I didn't really have somebody in my family who had gone through it first I was the first and only one right so that was kind of it wasn't a I wasn't when I say beat myself up it's kind of beating myself up about the fact that like I was trying to realize I was like can this actually be what I want because I was taught from a very early age that like that's not what is said in a certain you know certain lifestyle that's not what's meant to be but I realized that not everything's by the book so that's right. when I that's when I truly started to realize like even if I would start to beat myself up and be like you know there's no way that I can do this there's no way that I can do this and then I would beat myself up and be like it'd be like um, angel and a devil yeah I might the angel would say like this is truly who you are let yourself be but the devil would be like you know what would your family think of it what would your friends think of it what would um, you know your past think of it because this isn't what you were taught so it was kind of a going back and forth and I don't I think I just really had a realization once like me and my fiance did start dating. We date. We started dating like no one really knew. No, actually, no one knew. Mm-hmm. No one knew that we were dating except maybe one of his best friends. Um, I didn't even tell anybody on my side, of, like, because no one knew about anything. So we were dating in private. People started to piece it together, but um, I think once I started to, you know, go on dates with him, go on, you know, go to the movies with him, go to carnivals, or you know, go to amusement parks or the pool or stuff with him, I realized that it doesn't. It that devil is that devil's off the shoulder. It, it wouldn't matter at that point. So it kind of beating myself up about going back and forth time of thing if that makes sense like right. beating myself up that it's okay to be who you are but then the other side was 
you know, this isn't what you you were taught. Right. So they were clashing with each other. But and what would it mean for you, right? Like there's a exactly. huge, a big question mark because you don't know how people react. Exactly. Or if yeah. You're gonna lose love, mm-hmm. right? Are you yeah. gonna lose people? Exactly. That are, what about um, in terms of um, like so? It, until that point, you had never had uh, those like thoughts, or it had never entered your mind. Like it was was it really like a switch? that had flipped no i think it had always been there it had always been there since you know middle school high school i think once i really started to not realize but when i started to you know have thoughts about it was probably middle school that's when i started to realize i was like i'm not like i'm not like that dude over there who you know has all the girls on him um i had girls on like you know around me like my friend group was originally girls right and i was like why is why is that for one i was like why is that happening (laughs) and then that was my first original original reaction so i was like all these other guys you know, I was like, they're all out playing basketball. They're all out doing. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I'd rather literally just sit inside and talk with my best friends and do whatever. And I was like, there's a reason for that. So I think that was the. But I didn't have anybody around me who was going through that. So I didn't really like have people to right. talk to. High school was a little bit more like I had guy friends. I had you know people were like at like our lunch table was guys and girls. But I was still, you know, in classrooms. I would choose to befriend you know my girl like I, with my girlfriend or you know sit with her mm-hmm. just because you know that's who it was so that's when I kind of realized I was like I'm different than those guys over there who you know all they do is play sports you know they go to school they play sports and then they like talk about women talk about women and I was like (laughs) I didn't do any of that Uh like it was always me helping my girlfriends with you know if they like somebody I was like oh well here's how you should go about it or here's my thought about it and I was like other people aren't doing that there's no way that other people are doing that so then it just kind of like transpired to that and then high school are you suppressing it knowingly or are you just more like not that dialed in at that point i didn't think i was dialed in at that point because i didn't have many people i didn't have anybody in my family to look at like look and see like oh they had gone through it and i didn't really have friends who had also been through that so it was kind of like it was there but it was not who i was just well it was who i was but it wasn't you know how i defined myself just yet right so and then how about the experience of telling people so just like your parents and other people that Mm-hmm. are you know those yeah. hard conversations yeah how, how did that go for you and what was so, that like it was scary at first I can't even imagine but really. so long story short when I did decide that I was ready to tell people I was sophomore junior in college one of the one of the two yeah because I told you yeah I um I actually told Missy mm-hmm. she was the second person I told the first person was one of our other friends that we know from gymnastics because um, we were going to work together and me and Blake had been in this big argument and it was because of oh, a little, <laughs> little ambiance for our <laughs> podcast today <laughs> it's not our fault this time <laughs> I know right <laughs> um, and so that whole process of telling people was difficult but I chose to tell people who I knew loved me no matter what and who already oh, knew and who already knew kind of because I knew that like I knew that Missy had known right. even though I didn't tell her right I'm like she's smart she's a mom I'm right. like she knows she knows exactly what's happening she knows exactly you know kind of what's going on in my mind and um so I told one of my best friends first and she most supportive person that I've like for the first person that I told I just she couldn't have been happier she couldn't have been the most supportive of me are she's you known crying me. when you're saying it are you like um, you know what I mean like having those words come out for the first time is it I didn't cry the first time. I think I was more so just upset that me and my fiance were fighting at that time because mm-hmm. we were fighting because of me because I wasn't. I would, I told him like basically told him I was like, 
I want to be with you, but I don't want to be with you at the, this moment because I need to figure out who I am first. Right. So I took like a week time, and while that seems like short, it was because I already had knew, known. Like me and him had already been dating, so I kind of like paused real quick, and I was like, just give me a second because no one had known. And so I was like, give me a second, and he didn't understand. Like he didn't. I didn't tell him that at first. I basically just said like. I obviously didn't say anything. I just need... I didn't, exactly. Like, yeah, and so he silent. didn't really understand. I just went silent, and he kind of took that as, you know, I didn't want to be with him, and that wasn't my intention at all. It was more so just, like, I wasn't even necessarily ready to come out to him yet. So that, he knew, but I wasn't even ready to come out. I had never said the words yet. Mm-hmm. So I told my best friend, and um, she was so supportive, and then um, she was like, I think you should just tell your family. I think you should go for it. But then I decided to talk to Missy about it, and because um, she was a mom, and I was like, I needed her input on how to tell my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came over to her, and she was so ecstatic for me. She was so happy. Um, first thing she said, she was like, I want to meet him. Um, all this stuff. So she was she was helpful for me, and she was you know kind of helping me realize how I could tell my parents. Um, then I can't, I went home, and then I told my brother. Went home to my brother like a, two days later or something. Told my brother, and um, he. He was like, I don't care. He's like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Um, so then that helped me, and then I told his girlfriend, or his he told his girlfriend. She told she texted me, and she was like, I'm so happy for you. So all of those people had known first wow. before my parents. Um, and at this point, Blake had known too, because I told him that I told somebody, and after that, like him and I were fine. It was literally like a three day period where. And Blake is your fiance. fiance. Yeah, okay. Blake and I, Blake's my fiance, and so basically it was like a three day period where we were not talking but we were talking and like we were mad at each other it was but it was because i was trying to tell people i was trying right. to tell people but i didn't want that be associated necessarily directly with him right like exactly this is your it was my your, exactly yeah. my my coming out story my um my life that i wanted to tell mm-hmm. even though he was a part of it i wanted it to be you know all in my mind i didn't want anything else like kind of clouding me um and so basically he after i told him i told him that i told him told the first person i texted him and i was like hey i just told um, my best friend about me and you and she's so happy for us then he understood mm. why I told it why I didn't why I kind of went silent in the first right. place and then he was like I get it now and then he had kind of had a similar experience so he was like take all the time you need he's like I'm here he's like I will text you every is single day is he older than you? he is he's okay. um 20 he's 23 right now he's okay. actually turning 24 soon um okay. next month and so um but he's two years older than me and um like college and school wise um but so that's kind of how that transpired, but it wasn't easy, but I had the people who I chose for a reason, and then kind of how that transpired into my family. And then, so did you sit down with your parents together? Took my mom first. I took my mom first because I thought that she would be able to take it better than my dad would be, and, um... Did you, like, take her out? Did I you took her, it? I came home from... It's like a neutral <laughs> place. <laughs> so we were actually, I came home, and I actually came home from work that, it was during my internship um, that I had... And I came home from work, and um, it was, my brother and his girlfriend were there, and my both my parents were there. And I was like, something in my body was like, just tell him, just Ugh. like, just get it. And like that feeling is the worst feeling, but it was also, I knew it was gonna be worth it because I knew the feeling when I had told my best friend, and I when I had told Missy mm-hmm. and my brother, because my brother had known at this point. And so I told all of them, and I was like, but the feeling afterwards is so much better. I was like, rather than the feeling beforehand. So I was like, my mom was showing me pictures of my album, which was funny, like my baby mm-hmm. album. And I was like, it's funny that you choose to say it. Like, show that to me right now. Um, she showed me pictures of my baby album. And I was like, hey, mom, I was like, after you put that up, I was like, I'll meet you in the bedroom. I was like, I want to talk to you real quick. Brought her upstairs. She sat on the bed. I sat down on the couch. Um, and I basically just kept it sweet and short. And I said, um, I don't know if you've known yet, but I was like, but Blake and I are together and we have been for the past, like, year. And she didn't say anything at first. And she kind of was like, okay, well, thank you for telling me. It was totally fine and, in, in, like, fine in a way of what I told her. Then my dad was like, why are they gone so long? So he came upstairs into the bedroom. Um, I told him, um, him and 
he didn't take it well at all um so they both didn't take it well but in that moment or after the fact in that moment they didn't take it well um and it wasn't it was kind of what i was expecting because i knew their beliefs and i was like i kind of expected that i was like that's fine i was like but i just don't want to yelling crying or no kind of just crying kind of just crying and asking questions um Mm -hmm. it was never they weren't mad at me because i was telling them the truth I was telling them who I was and they were like right. I can't be mad at you for that like that's what's so great about my parents is like where they were never mad at me for telling them who I was it was more so the they just didn't know how to comprehend that type of thing because they also grew up not believe like not knowing that you know that type of stuff is you know that's that's fine right. like you don't have to go by the book and stuff so that was kind of the hard part um they were just asking questions crying um trying to figure out when I had known um and all this stuff and um they were when the conversation was over they both hugged me um and said like thanks for telling me um, but I thought it would be fine after that, and I thought it would kind of go through. But afterwards, it took a little bit of time. It took a little bit of time afterwards for them to kind of come around. But they did, though. Did you feel like after that moment, because I think this is such an important story for so many people that may be questioning or struggling and having fear about this kind of conversation, was mm-hmm. the conversation in your head worse than what you experienced, or did it end up being about what you thought, or was it better? Like, in terms of the whole process of, like, getting it out there and then having them react. Their reaction was worse than I thought. It wasn't what I had expected, but the feeling I had afterwards Mm. was so much better. That's so important, yeah. So I was like, I know my parents necessarily aren't, you know, accepting of it right now. I was like, but I told him, and that's all I care about right now. I was like, I can't keep secrets from my parents because I never kept secrets from my parents. And I was like, and now I'm keeping the biggest one from my parents. And so I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, but then came the issue of, you know, how do I help them understand? Right. And how do they, you know, be comfortable enough to come to ask, come to me and ask me questions and just not be and like, And how do you bring Blake to family functions? Exactly. And exactly. So how long did all of that take to get um, everybody on board? <laughs> so it took my parents about on maybe. On board the Blake Choo Choo train. <laughs> yeah. Took my parents about um, maybe six months. Yeah. Which isn't. Like, I'm so grateful that it took, right. took that long because that was the time that they needed. Right. And I was like, I, t- I needed my time to realize who I was. I was like, so you can have your time to realize what what I told you. Right. And so I wasn't pushing them. Um, a lot of things were said. A lot of things were, you know, kind of talked about in conversations that were more intense than I had expected in the first place. But, like, every, every week was better. Every week got better and better. So it took them about six months. And then um, – but they had, they also knew Blake before – as you because you were friends Mm -hmm, exactly so they had no me and Blake and our other friends have taken vacations together they Blake was always allowed in my house like Blake was always you know you know had dinners with us every now and then if he would come stay with us or whatever he stayed in my basement when we were went on vacation stayed in my basement so that we could have a quicker route to the um, uh, uh, hotel or Mm -hmm. airport or whatever it was Uh, so my parents loved him and they they love him now like unconditionally like they truly love him Um, but Took him about six months, and then we finally reintroduced, like, a meeting, and then we introduced, and then something else happened, and then that something else that happened was a better situation, and then something else happened, that was a better situation. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of, it's it like was a step. building your skills. Exactly. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so bring it yeah. full circle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, um, just to sidestep a little bit, because yeah. I think um, you talked about, like, Missy and your friend, yeah. and so whether I don't know you you can answer the question like how strategic were you in that you and maybe you alluded to this like you 
shared it with people that you knew or had a really good hunch would be supportive mm-hmm. and helpful to you. So yeah. one of the questions I wanted to ask you or I want to ask you is about like a mentor or someone that helped you kind of feel like this is all going to be okay. And like yeah. for other people that are may- maybe facing this, like how do you pick those people? Right. right. So in regards to like a mentor, it was um, kind of Blake. Blake was kind of my mentor mm-hmm. in regards to all of that stuff. But um, in regards to who I would t- told, I told my best friend just because I know that she had kind of already known and she was kind of the supportive one always uh, for like my entire life. Like she's right. still my best friend. I was her um, uh, best man at her, mm-hmm. best man at her wedding mm-hmm. um, or whichever, whichever you say. But um, I was the best man at her wedding. And then I told Missy because she was a mom and because her and I were close that I was like, if I get a mom's perspective, then and it will help me. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then maybe just, I know it's a kind of a sharp transition, but I don't want to keep you too long. I am, and I am interested, um, also in about your transition from college to, to the working world, but also like this idea of like, you mentioned, I don't want to lose track of the fact that you chose to continue gymnastics because it was fun and because you enjoyed it versus mm-hmm. it being work, right? Because yeah. I think if you had chosen the other path, you know that that's mm-hmm. work and that's your mm-hmm. everything. And so yeah. this idea that like, I'm very interested and you know, I think it's such a great thing that at such a young age, you were able to identify that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us suffer and you see a lot of adults, frankly, in jobs where they're just showing up every day mm-hmm. you know, for the check mm-hmm. and they forget the part of it that's fun or yeah. am I, when I'm at this, am I enjoying it? Am I strengthened by it? So yeah. when you left high school, you went into college, and now it is more fun than it is work. Any, like, regrets about that, or did it allow you, did it open up an opportunity for you to say, okay, how do I want to proceed mm-hmm. after college or in my life mm-hmm. where this is a hobby and this is an interest and something I love doing? Yeah. Oh, just talk to me a little bit about that. Did you ever question your choice, and then how did you – kind of find your path yeah I wouldn't change anything yeah Any, anything that I would have like gone through in any hard time any low low ball I wouldn't change anything um but the path that I kind of chose to go on wasn't necessarily a path that I had envisioned but it was the best path it was the best path that could have crossed my like could have my original path and that extra path that I wouldn't normally take it kind of was the one that I needed to take um and I think just, you know, with my, um, you know, now that I'm starting my job and mm-hmm. I've been working there for about a month and a half now. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think with all of that, too, it's just it's just a give and take of realizing what you're capable of through past experiences. So I was lucky enough to have a job my entire senior year. I accepted my job before I even gra- before I graduated. Wow, that's so I did. Nice place yeah, to be exactly. In. So yeah. I wasn't stressed about it. So I kind of had the whole year to prepare myself. Um, and at that point too, I had been engaged um, for six months before I graduated. So I kind of everything that I had happened um, happened for like that specific reason and at the specific time that it was supposed to. Um, and kind of just learning from my mom and brother too, because you know their career and how successful they're being in their career helped me realize, you know, I can use my gymnastics, I can use my you know lifestyle, I can use my um, you know who I am as a person to better me in my career. So absolutely, yeah. And so from a, and you're in consulting essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So um, one of the things I'd be curious to know is as you've kind of gone from 
being a college graduate to being in the real world, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people have fears about that and about yeah. um, taking on the responsibilities that you've talked about, which is now you're living on your own and you have mm-hmm. to show up to a job every day. And yep. I mean, and you're engaged, which is pretty early to have that responsibility. Not yeah. that that's, but yeah. in terms of just, I mean, maybe you're more geared, like mm-hmm. you kind of function well in structure, and that yeah, is I a do. very like yeah. kind of. Um, predictable path but for you has there been much of a transition and what are you finding i know you're only a month and a half in Mm -hmm. but what are you finding to be successful as you transition like what what's helped you so honestly it kind of always comes back to gymnastics i love it because yeah Yeah. gymnastics was a huge you know obviously parents help like obviously you know family like that's a huge thing too but the foreground of like everything is kind of gymnastics is the you know you have what your parents teach you as a kid and then on top of that, they put you in sports, they put you in academics, they put you in high school, and they try to do all this stuff to build you up even more. So um, obviously parents are a huge factor for, for everything, but it kind of just comes back to gymnastics because gymnastics teaches you kind of, it teaches you everything. It teaches you mental men, mental mm-hmm. capabilities, it teaches you body capabilities, you know, how to be strong both phys- physically and mentally. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, everything's just kind of wrapped up into that. It's just, you know, the transition from um, college to working for us is, you know not easy but like I like structure I like mm-hmm. being able to wake up and be like all right let's go get this work done from this time to this time and if I have to stay late I'll stay late but I'll get it done or I'll you know I'll try to figure it out as best I can so but that kind of also that's because of my parents but also because of gymnastics too it, I couldn't just give up on a skill I had to you know work on that skill and I had to realize what I what I could do with my body and what my mind could do so okay and then one last question just yeah. um because I feel like it's um, something I ask a lot of people, but also it just gives some good little kernels of wisdom. Like looking back at your, let's say, like your freshman year old self, right, and the experiences that you've had over the last eight, nine years, what advice would you give to him? Listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. I would tell him to just listen to himself because there's a lot of times where I would second guess myself on, you know, kind of small things, you know, but at a test I would second guess myself on or, um, you know, anything that I would that involved a big decision I would second guess myself on or and the biggest decision of all was me mm-hmm. so I would just tell myself to listen to myself and realize that it's not necessarily a game that you play it's just listen to your heart and you'll that heart your that'll always lead you in the right direction um, so that's kind of what like your heart your gut your instincts mm-hmm. Is exactly that what you mean? heart gut yeah. instinct because um, you do have that feeling like people kind of say like oh listen yeah. to your gut and like one, the first time that I think I have realized that, you know, it's a, you never really know when people say that, like what that necessarily means until you actually experience it. Um, but the more you listen to your gut and the more that like, you have that gut feeling, it kind of helps you with everything else in the future. And you learn how to realize those gut feelings in the, um, you know, in the what, next Yeah, they show up more, right? Exactly. Once you start to listen to them and, mm-hmm. exactly. and like react to them, then they, you get a better connection to what exactly. they are. Exactly. You follow that. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so thank much you. for your honesty yeah, and candor. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that people listening will get a lot out of this Yeah, I hope so. Thank yeah, you. well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening and thank you, Brandon. It was such a pleasure sitting down with you. I'm so appreciative of your time and your bravery in talking about your personal struggles and achievements. 
A special thanks to Missy for introducing me to Brandon and for being the rock star producer of this episode. As a reminder, if you like this discussion, please subscribe and rate Relatable on iTunes. You can also leave us a comment there. You can follow Teresa Freeman Associates on Twitter and uh, also like Teresa Freeman Associates on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and you can follow us on Instagram as well. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable.